Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. The 46th president of the United States has now been inaugurated. The chief executive of this nation is now Joe Biden, and he is inside the White House. And his vice president, Kamala Harris, right now is on the floor of the United States Senate swearing in both uh, her replacement and the two uh, democratically elected senators uh, from the Democratic Party, even uh, from those two Georgia runoff elections, ultimately bringing the balance of power in the United States Senate to 50-50. But Schoolhouse Rock taught us that the vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, now has the tie-breaking vote. Uh, That'll be an interesting element of things going forward to see how uh, Chuck Schumer, Senator Schumer, and Senator Mitch McConnell come together to work out some sort of uh, agreement. It's not as cut and dry as things are in the House. While, yes, Kamala Harris represents a tie-breaking vote, uh, the minority, or Republicans in this case, uh, they are empowered with uh, you know certain tools, namely the filibuster. The filibuster. So uh, that's all a tangent right now, but it's playing out at this moment. That 50-50 split is uh, becoming reality at this very moment. Uh, Let's jump back over to the House side and welcome to the program one of Utah's, uh, one of the members of Utah's federal delegation and recently sworn in uh, member of Congress himself, Blake Moore, represents Utah's first congressional district and was on hand to uh, view firsthand the inauguration proceedings of today. Congressman, sir, how are you? Great. Thanks, Lee. Appreciate it coming on. Appreciate the chance to come on. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever attended an inauguration in the past? Um, my nephew was in town. I lived in D.C. before uh, for, for the span of two different both, – actually, both of Obama's uh, – President Obama's inaugurations. The first one was probably the coldest day in history, and I was not able to make it down to it. Um, the second one, my nephew's in town, and so I took him – I took him down to it uh, in, what, 2012? Yeah. And so I, I did get to see that one. How did that experience compare to uh, the one that's taking place really right now and today? Yeah, I mean, you're not fighting any crowds. <laughs> um, special credentials. Um, it was a, it was obviously a very uh, neat experience. So, so, yeah, it's actually a great thing to see a ton of people down there, a sea of people down in the mall. That's what I hope we get back to, right? That that's what an inauguration should look like. Um, today was 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 neat in its own re- regard, just by being able to to be there, be very kind of right there up close, um, and part of it that, that was a special special experience. So, uh, on your social media, you've posted uh, images of you standing uh, with Congressman Curtis and Congressman Owens. Uh, Congressman Stewart, I know, intended 
on being there, but had some proximity to COVID-19, uh, had to delay some travel. Anyway, just due to circumstance, wasn't able to be there. Uh, I wanted to share that because I don't want folks thinking that he was absent due to protest or anything like that. But the three of you who were yeah. able to attend, uh, you stood shoulder to shoulder, uh, took a photograph. What, what were conversations like that uh, like for the three of you as you observed the, the proceedings of today? You know what? I'll, obviously, the three of us know each other. And, you know, and, and, and uh, Representative McAdams, Ben McAdams, was also there with his wife. And so I got to, got to see him. Uh, so it was, there was, a, there was a, just a great feeling today, all in all. And so even outside of the conversations with Reps Curtis and Owens, you know, I was talking to many members of Congress, uh, freshman class members, members from uh, across the aisle that you, you, know, you, don't, you don't really get a chance to much when, you know, the events of when you have an impeachment trial and you have uh, the events that have taken place, there's really not a lot of opportunity. Today was a great day for America, right? Like it's a good experience to see this. You do, you do have what, you know, we needed to see with the uh, peaceful transfer of power. I, 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 very few people, you know, it, most everybody was very confident in it. Um, and then, you know, I also got to go visit with the Utah National Guard, right? Like, so even though you, you don't want to have to have that much security at, at an event, there's always positives. And, uh, and I was talking to the guard and some of the leaders within that. They were saying, you know what? This has been a good experience for us. We got to put in play a lot of the things that we've been training for. And, and um, it's very, very peaceful, and, and things, are, things are looking great, and we're going we're, we're gonna to come out of this okay. You felt safe and secure as a member of the audience today? Yeah, 100%. Very good. Uh, listen, we right now are in something I describe as like a honeymoon period. I think it'll last for a little while. There were some intense themes uh, present in the remarks delivered by Joe Biden, talking about civility, talking about you know kind of getting back to a way of debate that is not absent of civility. Uh, th- there is another element to all that, which is Washington D.C. is very often a numbers game. Democrats right now control the House. Uh, they are, with the vote of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, able to you know outvote Republicans in the Senate. And, of course, now with President Joe Biden in the White House, Democrats really control the three areas of government that are required to, to do things. Do you think that this honeymoon will remain, or will it revert back to those in power calling the shots? What I think the American people said um, in November was, especially with so many Republican House successful races um, was, you know, we, we, we appreciate we, what we like, conservative principles. Um, they've, they've, they've benefited our country. Uh, a lot of people have a tough time with President Trump. I get it. I totally get that, right? He's got a personality that, that, that oftentimes rubs people the wrong way. That, that's what the debate came about. And so, you know, there's this, this message that I think the voters told us, like, Hey, you now have these the most narrow margins that, that any of us can remember that I can remember in history. Like you now have those. Please work together. Like um, I, that, that's that's the message that I took out of this, um, and and I want to keep promoting that. So from what I can control, I will celebrate the honeymoon phase and and find ways to to work together. I, am I concerned that Democrats will that will look at the fact they have two years of some very narrow uh, margins um, and the majority in those margins and, and take advantage of that. I, I have absolute concerns there and, uh, and, and I hope to be uh, a sort of a credible or sensible voice to say, now let's, you know, whenever I can, can, 
exert my freshman level control over <laughs> all of the houses of government, which won't be a ton of power yet. Um, but uh, I, I will be able to communicate that message of, look, we know there's recipes for success for our country. This benefits all. It's inclusive. It's aspirational on what we want to accomplish. Let's push for that. And don't don't ex- overexert because if they if, if the Democrats do overexert, I believe that voters will have an opportunity in 2022 to you know push back on that. Um, and and I think we saw some of that in, in this most recent election. And and you know we'll see how you know all plays out. But sure. let's let's work together. Outstanding. Let's, let's uh, do it. Representative Blake Moore represents Utah's first congressional district. He, along with most of the rest of Utah's federal delegation, on hand to witness a bit of history made today as the 46th president of the United States was inaugurated, Joe Biden, today, uh, taking up residency in the White House. Uh, Listen, Congressman, at at some point, uh, I am going to talk you into letting me read your journal over the past three weeks. You have crammed into your first uh, stretch as a member of Congress more than most see in their entire career. So uh, (laughs) congratulations to you for that. And, uh, And don't ever forget these memories you're forming here these days. I'll jot them down. That's the way. It's a good reminder. All righty. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we return, we'll wrap up the program looking back uh, over some of what we've learned today. I want to share with you uh, something I learned about the Bible used in the swearing-in of President Joe Biden today. It's uh, well over 100 years old. It's been in the Biden family for just that long. And where has it traveled? I'll tell you next on Live Mike. Also, a chance for you to weigh in ahead here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.